Welcome to New Covenant Church. You are listening to this week's message with Senior Pastor Chris Valdez. I'd like to open with a scripture today. Lord, I appeal to you. My God, I trust in you. Do not let me be disgraced. Do not let my enemies gloat over me. No one who waits for you will be disgraced. Those who act treacherously without cause will be disgraced. Make your ways known to me. Lord, teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. I wait for you all day long. Remember, Lord, your compassion and your faithful love, for they have existed from antiquity. Do not remember the sins of my youth or the acts of my rebellion. In keeping with your faithful love, remember me because of your goodness, O Lord. The Lord is good and upright, therefore he shows sinners the way. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches them this way. All the Lord's ways show faithful love and truth to those who keep his covenant and, de- and decrees. That's why we're here today. Because God made a way for us a long time ago. That's what in antiquity means. He made a way for us. This morning as we praise and worship, please uh, avail yourselves to a communion on both sides of the altar. And back by the sound booth, we have boxes set up around the sanctuary and outside the lobby for your tithes and offerings. All those are ways to show God that you love him, you remember him for who he is and what he has done for us. Stand with me as we open in prayer. Father God, I thank you that you've given us this time. Lord, you made a way for us to be here. Your provision for us provided for us to be here. And Father God, your love and grace made a way for us to be here. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a seat as we get ready. I want to bring up something that uh, all of you need to hear. And it's about being a Christian. And it's about being a citizen. It's about being a patriot. I need you to register to vote. And then more importantly, I need you to go vote. We encourage you as a church and a body to vote with your faith. Look at the platforms. Support those that support Israel. Those who support the sanctity of life. Those who support religious liberty. And those who support your biblical identity that's been given to us by God. I believe all these are clearly outlined in Scripture. There may be other positions or ideas that we might agree or disagree on. But you should base your vote on the areas where the Word of God clearly outlines His perspective. I believe it's important that all Christians vote and that they vote their faith. If you're not registered, you have until October 5th, tomorrow morning. Get out. Fill out the little card. It's available at the post office. It's quick and easy. It doesn't cost a thing. Please remember to do your civic duty. Get out and vote and vote your faith. Please welcome Pastor Chris with me as he starts a new series with us today. Thank you, Mike. Good morning. We are so glad that you're with us this morning for worship. This morning we're going to start a new series uh, on beholding Jesus Christ. And this first message, it's kind of uh, humorous at least to me that, that it's not what I initially thought it was going to be. It's actually going to be a message that's clearing up a misunderstanding that I started uh, out with when I when I entered in uh, to preparing for this series, and so uh, I'm going to share my misunderstanding with you, and and then 
the answer that I, I got and the clarification uh, that I got in that process. So really, that's going to be the primary example. We're going to look at Scripture and the, and, and the Word, uh, but really the example here is this misunderstanding uh, that I walked through. And we're going to start out, though, first by looking at this word, behold. Uh, if we're going to behold Jesus Christ, we need to understand what beholding means. And the original word uh, that's used in Scripture for behold is aidu. One of the reasons that we go back to the original words uh, is that there's often not a word-for-word equivalent uh, in, from one language to another. If aidu just meant behold, we wouldn't really need to look at it because you could say everywhere you see behold, the word under its aidu. And, you know, there really wouldn't be a reason to look any further than that. But the fact is, is this word, do is translated into multiple other English words based off of the context. So looking at this broader definition helps us to understand that there's more depth in the underlying word than just the English word that we see. And depending on the context, uh, this word is translated as know, know how, See, look, and perceive, in addition to multiple variations of see and know. So when we see this word behold, it's communicating to know and to see, to perceive with the eyes or the senses, to discern, to experience, to inspect, to examine, to look, or to understand. One thought that I had too is we may not even know what the English word behold means. Before I get deeper and before I got deeper in my study, I thought I knew where I was going with this series. This is where my misunderstanding started. I thought that we would lift up Jesus Christ in this series. We would see who He is, that we would know Him, that we would experience Him, that we would behold Him, and that if we could do that, that that would be enough. If we could just behold Him, surely anyone who had not already come to Him, they would. They would desire to be in a relationship with Him. They would be transformed by Him just by beholding Him. My desire for this series was to show you the glory, the beauty, the unfathomable unfathomable (laughs) value of Jesus Christ that we all might behold Him, behold His glory, His divinity, to get us all to love and follow the Son of God. Hebrews 1.3 does an amazing job of describing Jesus. It says, Jesus Christ is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of His nature. And He upholds the universe by the word of His power. After making purification for sins, He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Jesus Christ is most worthy of all of our love and devotion. Thomas Aquinas said that love is born of an earnest consideration of the object loved. My intent with the series was that beholding Jesus Christ, in doing that, we would earnestly consider the person of our professed love, Jesus Christ, and that that would be enough to change everything. 
And as I contemplated on how to do that, I was led and, and just felt directed to read whole books of the Gospels. And I actually read all of Matthew and all of John in one sitting, two separate sittings, but just read them straight through. And it's a different experience to see, to behold Jesus, to, ro- to read a whole Gospel in one sitting. And if you've never done that, I would encourage you to do that. I would highly recommend doing it as we go through this series. It doesn't take as long as you would think. Pick your favorite Gospel and read it through in one sitting. And I had an unexpected discovery, and this is where my misunderstanding started to get cleared up. I had an unexpected discovery as I read through these two books and took notes along the way, especially in regard to beholding, seeing, knowing, and experiencing Jesus Christ. And that's when I saw that each one of those words, so many of those other words, had do as, as the root. And you may be surprised, and I was, Because what I discovered is that beholding Jesus Christ isn't enough. The reason for this is that beholding Jesus Christ isn't an end in itself. What I discovered was beholding Jesus Christ is an invitation. This is one of the things that jumped off the page as I read through the Gospels. Beholding Jesus Christ is an invitation for us to see Him for who He really is. Many people beheld Jesus Christ during His earthly ministry and literally countless billions have beheld Him since. But the thing with invitations is that we have to choose whether or not we're going to accept it. How many of you have received an invitation or maybe an opportunity and you chose to decline it? We all have. And we're going to take a look at Scripture and we're going to see that beholding Jesus is an invitation to see Him for who He really is. But we have to respond and we have to decide who we have beheld. John the Baptist was sent by God to prepare the way for Jesus Christ, to make straight the way of the Lord. What did his encounter, what did his beholding of Jesus Christ look like? We see in John chapter 1, verse 29, it says, John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John the Baptist beheld. He saw. He came into the presence of. He experienced and had an encounter with Jesus Christ. He encountered the man but he saw the Lamb of God, God in flesh. He didn't see or perceive the son of Joseph and Mary. If you know the story, you know that uh, Mary was related to Elizabeth. They were family. It doesn't specifically say what the relation was, but most experts believe they were cousins. So Jesus and John the Baptist could have been second cousins. When John the Baptist saw Jesus coming, he didn't see his second cousin. He saw God. He knew who he really was. He beheld the Lamb of God who took away, who came to take away the sin of the world. But not everyone did. 
In fact, most of the people who beheld Jesus didn't see him like John did. At the end of Jesus' ministry, we see what the Jewish leaders and the people saw when they beheld Jesus Christ. They had beheld Him. They had seen Him. They had heard Him. They knew Him. They would experienced Him. They had been in the presence of the Lamb of God who came to take away their sin. But who had they beheld? After Pilate had met with Jesus, After Pilate beheld Jesus, he experienced Him. He was with Him. He had soldiers put Jesus Christ in a purple robe and a crown of thorns on His head. And we pick up the account in John 19, verse 5. It says, So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, and Pilate said to them, Behold the man! When the chief priests and officers saw, and that word saw is aidu, when they beheld Him, when they beheld the Son of God, they cried out, Crucify Him! Crucify Him! They had beheld the same man, Jesus Christ, as John had. But the understanding they walked away with was totally different. This is when it became clear to me that beholding Jesus Christ is not enough in itself. It's simply an invitation. I had thought if we can just show the world who Jesus Christ is, how lovely He is, how perfect He is, how loving He is, how glorious He is, then they'll accept Him. But Jesus Christ showed all of those things Himself. And He was rejected. The truth of Scripture shows that we can behold Jesus Christ and we can walk away unchanged. This crowd had beheld Him in the flesh, the Son of God, who came to take away their sins And their response to beholding Him was to crucify Him. Just a few verses down, Pilate asks, Shall I crucify your King? And the chief priest responded, We have no King but Caesar. This is the chief priest of the chosen people of God. He was their king. He was to be their king. And their response is, we have no king but Caesar. It's heartbreaking to see the continued rejection of God by mankind. As I read through the Gospels in one sitting, the continued rejection of Jesus Christ stood out like it hadn't before. When we just read one passage or another, and usually we focus on what's in the middle, not what happened around. But when you read it all the way through, what you see is rejection after rejection after rejection. He was rejected far more than He was received. Jesus was real. 
He was authentic. There was no deceit in him. Nothing that was fake. Hebrews 13.8 tells us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we read moments ago in Hebrew 1, Hebrews chapter 1 that Jesus is the radiance, the light of the glory of God the Father and the exact imprint of His nature. And yet He was rejected by almost everyone. For those of you who were with us last Sunday, you know that Pastor Joel delivered a great message. A message that included the importance of our identity in Christ. That when we come to Him and when we follow Him, we become sons and daughters of God, just like Jesus Christ is a Son of God. Identity is huge. And what stood out to me in a fresh way was that Jesus Christ absolutely knew who He was. There was no question of His identity. He was confident in His identity. And in in revealing His true nature, His true self, His true identity, being the express image of the Father, and laying Himself bare before humanity, showing His true self, He was almost completely and utterly rejected. God the Father laid everything out on the line in displaying Himself in His Son and He was rejected. In Matthew 11.20 it says, Then Jesus began to denounce the cities where most of His mighty works had been done because they did not repent. Reading through this gospel, this verse jumped out in a way, again, going all the way through like it never had before. This passage, when I read it, I realized they had come to Jesus to see a show, to eat some bread or maybe receive a healing, but they didn't come for him. The cities where Jesus did most of his mighty works did not repent. John the Baptist came proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And Matthew 4.17 says, From that time Jesus began to preach. His message, what He preached, was repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Matthew 11.20, it says, The Gospels say that the reason Jesus was doing the miracles and showing the mighty power of God was so that they would believe who He was and believe the message He was bringing. And His message was repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. But Matthew 11.20 shows us that they were willing and ready to receive what Jesus had to offer, but they weren't willing to repent and receive Jesus the Son of God, the express image of His Father. In Matthew 21, 14-15, it says, Jesus was healing the blind and the lame in the temple. And when the chief priests and scribes saw, and that word saw is aidu, when they beheld the wonderful things that Jesus did, they became indignant, greatly displeased, They saw, they beheld the Son of God healing the hurting and they hated Him for it. 
Rejection is one of our greatest fears. The fear that we won't be accepted for who we are. That we aren't enough. That we won't be loved by others. That we won't be loved by God. It is because of this that most of us hide who we really are. Hoping that the person that we present to people might be accepted and loved. But Jesus was who He was. And the world hated Him for it. John 15. He also said if they hated Him, they will hate us if we follow Him. He was rejected over and over. Just one of these accounts can be found in Luke 4 and Mark 6. And Jesus told them, you aren't rejecting Me. You're rejecting My Father. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That is who He is. And that's who He revealed Himself to be. The question we have to answer is who have we beheld? Who have we seen? Who do we know when we encounter, when we behold Jesus Christ? As I read through Matthew and John, it was clear that the person beheld when people encountered Jesus varied greatly. Some saw a man Others, a teacher or a prophet. Many beheld the healer and the provider. Some even called him a demon-possessed man. Most got what they came for. And then they left. Unchanged. Many physically healed, but spiritually the same. But then there were some who saw their Lord and Savior the Lamb of God, the express image of the Father. And as we go through this series, we will be lifting Christ Jesus up that we all might behold Him for who He truly is. In John twelve thirty two, Jesus said, And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw people to Myself. When Jesus was lifted up on the cross and died and rose three days later. He took away the sin of the world. He left an invitation for us to behold Him for who He really is. After we have beheld Him, we have to respond. We will either reject the invitation or we will receive Him. We'll either be- we will believe in Him if we receive Him and we'll follow Him. And we'll be looking at those in in the coming messages. We can be as confident in our identity as a son and daughter of God as Jesus Christ was. And we can be who He's really called us to be. To behold Him is an offer of an invitation. But who have we beheld? What stood out, like I said, was, was the continued rejection in a way that I'd never seen before. And there's a parable that I saw in, in a different way as well. And many of you probably know it. 
but it's of a, of a, of a vineyard owner. He owns the vineyard and he hires servants to take care of it. And then he goes away. And he, he asks them to take care of it and he sends servants to get the fruit. <laughs> and it says they beat them and they send them back. And he sends more servants over and they, he, they beat them and send them back. And he's kind of going up the chain, sending higher and higher people. And finally he says, if I send my son, surely they'll receive my son. And Jesus Christ Himself is telling this story. And He says, they killed Him. They rejected the Son. And that's the story that we see through the New Testament. The disciples, they said, we'll follow you. At one point, everybody else left. And they said, where else will we go when Jesus asked them, are you going to go too? But on the day of his crucifixion, even they ran away. On that day, he was totally alone, totally rejected. But he did it anyway. That's how much he loves us. That's how much the Father loves us. That's the express image of the Father. But we have to decide, are we going to accept Him as the Son of God, the one who came to take away the sin of the world? And is that who we're going to take to the world for them to behold, whether they reject us or not? We have to decide. And when we do, we'll be a different church. We'll be a different body. Will you bow your head with me as we close in prayer? Dear Holy Father, we thank you. God, we thank you. We thank you that you first loved us. We thank you that you knew in advance the rejection that you would encounter. And you came anyway. That's how much you love us. Father, forgive us. Forgive me for rejecting you so many times in my life. Lord, open our eyes to see your kingdom. Lord, to hear your voice and to proclaim it. To see what you're doing around us and to join you in doing it that we might live filled with your Son. Or your word says that then we can take joy in suffering alongside Him as He suffered. That we might be blessed enough to experience the same rejection and persecution that He did. Father, give us the grace and mercy to behold You for who you really are. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message.